0: The Gun Experiment proudly presents Chopping It Up, and here
1: are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith. What's going on, Big Keith? Oh, not much. I'm just we're here, getting ready to have a little drink with you and, and our guests, yeah. and, you know, have a little fun tonight. I just want to remind everyone that we release new content
2: every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And today's show is brought to us by Onsite Firearms Training Our friends over at OFT are knowledgeable instructors and true professionals in every sense of the word. You have heard us talk about their rifle, pistol, and shotgun classes, but they offer so much more than that. They can help you with proficient, yeah, proficient in low light and defensive shooting, medical training, and a whole lot more, all at affordable prices. Whatever your shooting needs are, you're guaranteed to find a course that will make you an asset to your friends, family, and community. So check them out at OFTLLC.us and get trained by the same outfit that trains the gun experiment so if you're looking to support us make sure you join our mailing list at thegunexperiment.com go there pop-up window comes up and you're in just fill in your information and then of course i just mentioned a sponsor but be sure you support all of our sponsors basically they make this whole thing run at this point and now that we're doing video you're seeing the studio that we got here and this stuff isn't possible without those sponsors so go check them out they're good people and they're good so tonight's guest co-host has uh, been in studio many times and is a regular here at the Gun Experiment. They've already been on camera at this point, and it's always a pleasure to have them back on chopping it up. I'm pleased to welcome back our friends Ben DeWalt and Rachel from Onset Firearms. Guys, what's going on? Fill us in. How is shot show? What's going on, with you guys?
3: I mean, so much. We've been pretty busy. Shasha was fantastic. You know, I think it continues to be a little bit of a divisive topic for some people. And here's my views on it. Again, my views. But ultimately, that is a very big business meeting for those of us that are displaying and and on the show floor. You know, it's our job to be there to have these discussions with people on the media side, people on the advertising side, people on the manufacturing side, there's a whole showcase devoted to, you know, vendors who want to be OEM suppliers. There's just every number of thing that's related to being able to do things better for our customers on on the industry side. And there are going to be opportunities to blow off steam, but the parties are populated by people who are influencers and whose job it is to make their their world look amazing. And so, you know, just remember that. So when you see all of that, just be mindful of the fact that it's curated towards making sure that they maintain their sort of like lifestyle, right? Yeah. And it's supposed to be aspirational for them. But during the day, I it's mean, business. people are in boot like, like suits and ties, yeah. you know, I mean, there's some real there's some real deals done at that show. It's
2: funny you say that because obviously we talk to a lot of people in the industry. Sure. Right? That, I mean, that's what we do. And so- I spoke to someone else recently who was there and their take was it used to be all business Mm -hmm. and now it's become like kind of like the place to be this sort of social. And but but you're very deep into the actual the industry side of it. Yeah. So it's just interesting to hear like different perspectives.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you're going out to a party, you shouldn't be surprised. That it's a social occasion. Like that's that's my only thing. Like you yeah. you can go to the show and you can be business all day, and then you can not go to the parties and be successful at the show. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it because that's a component to the industry. And we're definitely a, a work hard, play hard industry without question. Yeah. And Which is what makes it all an industry. Yeah, absolutely. I fully endorse that. It's one of the reasons why I'm in the industry because I enjoy the types of personalities. And I think we're all of the same mind, but at the end of the day, there is a lot of business done in a social environment as well. And some people just do more business there and, or they'll solidify because we all tend to be types of people that want to do business with people that we kind of, we enjoy their presence or we like the way, you know, they conduct business, but they also tend to be people that, you know, we would want to share a beer with. And that's, like, the morality of working with that person as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that that person is a good person. I like what they stand for in addition to whatever product or service that they're doing. That is a component to it for sure. Did you
1: guys do range day? So we
0: got there. Monday, we went to the staccato range day. We were invited by a buddy of ours who works for staccato to come and shoot a bunch of staccato guns all day, which was awesome. Yeah, they had a couple. That was out at not a Prairie time. Fire, which is the old Front site mm-hmm. location. And then Monday night, on-site firearms training, along with Big Tech's Ordinance, uh, Sons of Liberty Gunworks, handful of other companies, we sponsor an event at the Leatherneck Club for the Sock F Foundation. It's a fundraiser.
2: I saw you sponsor some, some parties. I didn't realize that you guys were so that involved in Sock that. So Sock F
0: Foundation it. raises money to give support financially, et cetera, et cetera, for, you know, wounded soldiers that come back from overseas and to help them help their families if they're deceased, et cetera. And we, together, we raised over, just a little bit over $25,000 this yeah. oh, good.
3: SOCF is Special Operations Care Fund, um, just to be clear. And it is near and dear to us, and we, we know people who have benefited from it. It's not just a party for party's sake. So it is very purpose driven, without question.
0: It is the official kickoff party for SHOT Show for those of us in the training community. That's
3: That's what I had
0: seen. And it is also the best party for (laughs) SHOT Show. Like of all the parties, this is the best one. Dude, you you walk in, you see me, you see Steve Fisher, you see Chuck Pressburg, Dan Brokos, Jared Reston, Scott Jedlinski. All the guys from Sons of Liberty, all the guys from Big Techs. We see people that we very rarely get to see throughout the year
1: all in one place. And how are you raising yeah. the money? Like you're doing silent auctions? So there's,
0: there's silent auctions. There's a $25 cover to get in. There's vendors there. There's all kinds of raffle tickets. I mean, there's, there's a lot of cool things that happen at the event itself. Leatherneck Club also is one of the best bars Great name. in Vegas. They serve the best food, too. Like if you go there, if you go to Leatherneck Club during the week to get like a burger and fries and a beer, which would normally cost you thirty five ninety nine on the strip, you're paying $12.99 for like this giant burger, fries and a beer. And it's like ridiculous.
2: I heard Rachel talk about like the business end of it, but I saw a lot of video of you going around and like actually talking to booths and intervie- interviewing people on their products you're very good at it. You're ac- You're really, really no. good at it. Like I think you could do that full time, no problem.
0: It's fun and we're, we're going and we're talking with people that we know, we're talking about products that we love. The Tuesday night, however, we did get to, we still worked on Tuesday night, but we got to have a lot of fun and our buddies over at Agency Arms, this is the second year in a row that we were part of their little Agency Arms party. And we run the live fire table for their pistols at this event, their pistols and shotguns. Me, Sean, Rachel, and our other buddy, Mark, who's sort of our West Coast OFT. Affiliate. Secret <laughs> member. He's secret because we're still kind of seeing if he can go public yet with everything. <laughs> Double uh, super secret probation. Yeah, he's like, I can't expose myself to the public just yet. But we run the live fire table for their event. And it's it's a great event. And it is about a thousand people who don't normally shoot pistol wow. or people who are really good at shooting pistol. Mm. Okay. So on the table, we had two Lambs 320 that he designed. So with the agency. And he came up to shoot it. And I looked at him and I knew it was him. And I was like, uh, so you familiar with uh, pistol <laughs> shooting at all? Uh, I've got, I've got this really nice one here. If you want to try this one out, this might be kind of new for you. And he looked at me like, you're being sarcastic, aren't you? And I said, "Oh yeah, absolutely." <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, "Here, here's the pistol. Do whatever you want." <laughs> that's great. but but that's something that we do every year for Mike, and it's it's great to be a part of that because we really love their product. We love what they do, and he's such a great dude. He's like, awesome. He's so appreciative. He's been on the show of a couple times. He's awesome. Yeah.
2: So I'm gonna I want to get into today's topics and discussion, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one more thing, and I'm gonna kind of hold you to it. One one each. You only get one each. Other than your own product, Rachel, favorite product at a SHOT Show this year, other than your own products?
3: You know, arguably, the the big takeaways of the show this year were like Death by a Thousand Cuts. There were a lot of these like small innovations that I think that were really important. Being a 12-gauge shooter, but someone who teaches, um, it was nice to see the Fed flight control be adopted finally into the 20-gauge because we do have 20-gauge shooters out there and they just haven't had a really high quality round like that available to them. That is a long time coming. So that's like one thing as well that I was really impressed with to see not finally lie, come that's not together. That's the
2: sexiest thing you could have said, but I like it. And
3: then the other thing is there was a shotgun that was produced in hand in hand uh, with somebody who knows what they're doing with shotguns by PSA. And I do think that there were a lot of notes on that gun that are things that were long time coming to correct in shotguns, which as a platform has been sort of left alone for so long, there has not been a lot of, quote unquote, innovation associated with that. And yeah. so I think that was also important. I, the caveat emptor on all of this is that I did not, I barely got out of my booth okay. because we were so busy and I had so many meetings. Yeah, so, you know, it was just like, it was wall to wall for me. I agree that the
2: PSA, so like stuff that I saw from afar, like PSA, I feel like they're just, I don't know, like they just are doing some cool stuff. I yeah. mean, you know, cool is what I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, may not be your bag, but that was cool. Ben, what is your one thing? Uh,
0: so there were a bunch of things. I mean yeah, I, I, I've, <laughs> always,
2: I've always loved
0: I've always loved, I've always loved the alien. Ben's
1: one is three. <laughs> I've always loved the alien,
0: but I've got my five thousand six thousand dollar pistol already. So the aliens a little on the back burner. However, if you go to Arise MFG, that's Arise Manufacturing, they are making a sort of shroud or cover for optics for pistols. Oh, I, I saw oh, yeah, you. I saw, I saw this. this. Yeah. Yep. I'm my buddy Jordan, and I've got one on my Glock 17 for my Sun 507 Comp. It is phenomenal. It is a great piece of equipment that goes over your optic, and it right. protects your optic from impacts. And if you want to rack it on a table, rack it on somebody's yeah. face, you know, whatever you want to do with it, they're slowly implementing all different makes and models for it. But it is probably one of the best, best products that I saw.
3: The one thing I would add on to that is like, I think a lot of civilians are like, okay, well, you know, NBD, I'm not a cop. I don't have it in an outside the rig, you know, an outside the waistband rig. Right. But if you're getting involved in like more and more these days, it's tactical games, it's proving grounds. Those types of environments where you're yeah, running all yeah, over and yeah. climbing over obstacles, stuff like this becomes a lot more front well, and brain. Beefed
2: up is never a bad thing. Yeah, right. Like having beefier gear is never a bad thing. All right, so we're going to end today's show. Uh, before we do, Keith and I might not share love for shooting trap and skeet, but one thing we do have in common is our love for good bourbon and amazing coffee. Well, thanks to Cooper's Coffee Company, we get the best of both worlds. Cooper's. Makes barrel-aged coffees with hints of your choice of rum, rye, whiskey, or bourbon. Their coffee is smooth with rich notes of your favorite spirits, and you can get yours by going to coffeewithmikeandkeith.com. Go get some and have a cup of joe with me and the big guy. So to start things off, and this is definitely gun industry related. Although this
1: is gun industry.
2: Related. Well, it's I think it's important if you carry a gun. So this was the Jennifer Crumbly situation. So this Jennifer Grumbly found guilty. And so if you're not following this, if you're not, if you're a gun person, you definitely should know what's going on here. But Jennifer Grumbly was the mother of the teenager who uh, killed four students at a high school in 2021. She was found guilty Tuesday on all four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Sentenced to 15 years... Could Um, be up to 15. She hasn't been sentenced yet, but she could be sentenced up to 15 years. And so this is the first time there's been other situations where parents were found negligent in terms of they, you know, didn't lock up a firearm properly. But this is the first time where a parent of a school shooter was held directly responsible for the
1: killings. Well, that's not entirely true. So So. go
2: ahead. Go ahead.
1: The first time was just a couple months back where it was the parade shooter started with a C, Crimson, what his last name is, or something like that. The father was uh, convicted of allowing, signing off on him buying a rifle at 17 before he was legally able to do it. That part was allowed, but they convicted him for doing so in him not being mentally stabled in. Uh, okay, so they were,
3: they were attesting that his yeah. sign off was willfully... Correct. Um, You know, skirting this idea that is yeah. documented it, as it wasn't way. as
1: strong of a conviction as this. Yeah, as as Crumley, like we're talking about. I think. I think this person was maybe like three months in jail sure. or six months in yeah. jail, something yeah. like that.
3: Well, with the writing <clears throat> and the exchange that was you know being used in this court case in
1: Crumley that was what that's, was scary.
3: Yeah, that's the part where it's like okay.
1: Well,
2: it's a lot of this case was about the the what the prosecutors were saying was that. She basically ignored mental health signs that yes. the, the gun, you know, that she, she basically bought the gun and, and let him have access to it. Yes. That, that was sort of the, the gist of that. She claims that the husband was in charge of locking up the, the firearm and that, you know, that it was the husband's fault. There's a lot going on here. I mean, I mean what are your thoughts, Ben, Rachel? I mean, you're in the industry. So, you, you preach the idea of being responsible gun owners. So what are your thoughts?
0: Be a better gun owner and be a better parent. You know, like the kid's 15 years old. At the time, yeah. At the time. Is he, was he mature enough to understand the consequences? Was he mature enough, experienced enough to understand the damage he could do? Is there other underlying things going on in this kid's teenage life? Like teenagers, I was a teenager. You act impulsively. Somebody pisses you off. Like somebody pissed me off when I was young. Brick through their front window of their house. Right. And you don't think about the consequences afterwards. You think about that impulse reaction
1: and you act on it. I think this case is pretty well documented that all of the things that you're talking about uh, is what was the problem.
0: Right. And it's it's not like you're buying him some boxing gloves or some nunchucks. You're buying him a firearm.
3: But but we're talking, though, in this particular case about the culpability associated yes. with the parent's evaluation and what then to do about it, which, you know, if a kid has all those problems, I don't think anybody was kind of mincing any words about that. The problem was that the parents didn't fully That's understand boring. what to do with it.
2: And you bring up a good point because like I said earlier, we talked to a lot of people. So to a lot of people who don't own guns and I hear a lot mixed bag on this. I know people who are like pretty dialed in gun owners mm-hmm. And they're somewhere of the mindset of like, you know what? It's never a bad idea to lock up your firearms, Uh, you know, period. And then I know some people who are like, my kid's been around firearms his whole life. And he's 12 and he's responsible and I trust him. And, you know, I have no problem with him having full access.
3: Like we've had kids in class, right? We've had young people in class. And when we get that question posed to us every once in a while by a parent who says, hey, you know, what's your age limit to come into a particular class? And we'll tell them every single time we need you to come into class because you know your child. There is not a hard and fast age. Every brain is developing at a different speed and with a different environment and with its own different chemical aspects and hormones. So all of those components coming together does not mean that every 14-year-old is in the same place developmentally. So as a result, you're going to have the best, you're going to have a better, I should rephrase that, a parent will have a better perspective on a child than an instructor, not having met the child and not having had any evaluation happen. So we tell the parents, come into class. Once you get through class, then we'll talk about it. Um, You understand the stresses there, but to your point about, you know, Hey, like a kid, I trust, you know, that whole kid's life I mean, the expectation is a responsible owner is making those decisions based off of the evaluation of that kid's ability to handle themselves in every other situation. If the kid is losing control at like a friendlies restaurant on a regular basis, right. we're not talking about like everybody has a bad day. Right. Uh, I'm talking about like if, well, if he was having hallucinations, to, right? Yeah. He was
2: telling people he had hallucinations. I mean, These are Keith,
3: very, are very different, abnormal things, too.
1: I'm not on the fence about this entirely, but there are certain points of this which are concerning. Like many things, when these things happen, I've said this reference before, it's like a plane crash. There are many, many breakdowns along the way that led up to this. And I definitely think the school had some culpability on this as well. You know, they the day that this happened, they had a conference with the parents that day and failed to look at his book bag, and the parents failed to take him home, and the school failed, and the yeah, the school failed to push that issue. And this was not a first time offense for this individual for being monitored. Let's let's put it that way. There were there were a lot of different things going on in this particular case.
3: I guess my question with like the parents is more along the lines of like, what would it have hurt? Yeah, to get the kid in front of a. Per, like a professional. Some of the, te-
1: some of the text messages like, from the mom seemed what like what would that have like, hurt? It seemed like very hands off, like very uh, yeah. Cold, that's what in, insensitive. Like, that's
3: what it was being representative. And I, I mean, I was just reading the text right, messages, exactly, right? Exactly. Nobody was right. Nobody I was worry, I on that that
1: the precedents that it could set. Oh, for sure. That's what that's, I was. That about. is the fence part. That's the fence part. But yeah. you know, I think what we're talking about and how we expect parents to be. We would not be in this boat.
2: <laughs> well, and that brings it back to what Ben said. And I, and I thought what you started with, and I guess we could wrap it with this, is you got to be a good parent. Yeah. And this isn't just a about buy-back. this situation. You lot have lot to be a good parent.
1: A so uh, Texas native, you know, Shaquille O'Neal has partnered with uh, Dallas County Sheriff's Office to host a gun buyback. And they can be exchanged for gift cards.
3: I'll be honest; like I'm, I'm not super familiar with this. Is he putting up his own money in conjunction Ooh, I, with? That's Probably. a good. That's
2: a good question. I yeah. think the the vibe I get. So, for people that don't know, Shaquille knows very pro law enforcement. He's been deputized in different capacities. He's worked with different agencies. He's military and pro law enforcement and. I think he's basically using his platform and his name to sort of like help the Dallas Sheriff's Department. That's the vibe that I get. You know, I'm really torn with this one because I gotta be honest, I'm a big Shaquille O'Neal fan. I mean, I I have been for a long time as as an athlete, but even just like if you hear him talk, he's not, I've heard him say, don't call me the C word, I don't want to be called a celebrity. You know, he he doesn't like he's not a typical celebrity in the fact that he does a lot of good things for people. I think he's a generally good human being. And I think he's done a lot of good things. I think that he is for whatever reason supporting law enforcement here, but I think he's a little bit astray.
1: How much do you think he's worth? A lot. Oh, a lot yeah so billion, what, a 40,
0: 42 million or more
1: more way more now. I don't know if he's approaching a billion yet,
0: but he's in the hundreds of millions. Right, So let's say I'll look it up. let's say he's worth 200 million, just low ballpark. <clears throat> Do you think he can spend 200 million in his lifetime? Uh, the way he spends money, maybe I don't. I don't let's say he took two million dollars and built a youth center for kids to have something. I think to he do. does stuff like that. I don't. I, I mean, four
2: hundred million dollar network. Four hundred million. Yeah.
0: So let's say he took five million dollars, built a really nice youth center for kids to have something to do. I, but he might, I, mean, I wouldn't other. be surprised if, if he, he already right. did that. Yeah, he's I, a honestly, very good human. Like he really I is. think.
1: I think I agree with where I think you're going with this. That this might be misplaced. Yeah. You know, I mean, he has also not in this particular article, but Mike and I were discussing this earlier. He's also quoted in reference to this gun buyback that he's not for gun control. He's not for gun laws. He just, you know, feels like that the sheriff's department are doing a good thing to have a safe place for people to bring guns that they no longer want. I need more of a
0: lead time on these gun buybacks because I'm going to go to Home Depot. And I'm going to buy a folding table, two chairs. And buy them. And, and sit outside yeah. and offer people, people do $50 more. People do yeah. I'll give you 50 bucks more. Yeah, yeah. As an FFL, I'll buy all that. The thing that yeah. stands out,
3: like, because again, so, I, you know, I have not researched this topic. So that's why I'm kind of like, oh, yeah. I'm going to stay off to the side on this one. But the but the sentence there, bring those unwanted weapons that are laying around the yes. house. So I don't know that I've ever really been even like... I've never heard, uh, no, nor have I ever heard someone else say they leave their unwanted guns around the house until they're inspired by a gun buyback to suddenly then go and get money for them. We There are gun shops everywhere, guys. I, I don't know. Like, that's the entire consignment program.
2: A real life true story is I had a really shitty firearm that was not worth, Two hundred dollars, and I went to a gun buyback and said, "Hey, Tish James, I want I want my gift cards, and I'll, I'm going to go buy another gun with this." And yeah, all my gift cards were scam cards. No, swear to God. The the one thing that I do want to say, uh, and this goes back to me saying I do think he's a good person is the idea that we have to recognize because it's very easy to start throwing darts as gun community people about like, oh look at this piece of crap, you know, gun control guy, like. I I don't know. Some people are just ill-informed. I don't think it's always like they're just like some piece of crap that hates guns and hates the Second Amendment. I think it's fair to say that there's a lot of people that are just ill-informed. So I think that we have to kind of like temper that, but also we need to also help hold people accountable when they do shit that is,
1: you know, not kosher. I don't know. I mean, the only other part that you and I were going back and forth a little bit on, trying to figure it out was this statement that's quoted. This is O'Neill's statement. So he he was talking about how he feels like there should be more funding for law enforcement and things like that, and he says, O'Neill says, the government should give law enforcement more money. Give more money, you recruit more people, and the guys that are not ready to go on the streets, you put them in front of the schools. You put put them in front of the schools. You put them in back of the schools. You put them inside
0: the schools. How about he takes 10 million of his 400 million and he donates that to law enforcement, right? So the government doesn't have to give them more money because where's the government's money coming from? I love these celebrities, these, these billionaire celebrities, uh, 400,000 million millionaire celebrities that are like, we need
2: you to give more money to this wow. charity. It's like, what about you, motherfucker? All right. Like, so I want to change topics here because this this will lighten the mood a little bit. It's it's heated, it's, right? it's weird as all get out. But No,
0: it's not. This one. Oh, I know what this
2: is. Yeah. So this is on really what do they call this bathtub banqueting? So Ben, their thing is they like to eat food in the bathtubs. Okay, so people eating food in bathtubs. Go ahead, Ben.
3: Uh, no, 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 no. This person has bodies. This person who is who is in their bathtub with yeah. socks <laughs> on. Yes, yeah, so okay. There are decapitated the, bodies. I mean, in that you're eating frosted flakes. All right, listen,
0: listen. Psychopath. Ben, I, I Have you ever been to Las Vegas? Yeah, no, I have not. Okay, have. so when you went to Las Vegas, did you have a nice bathroom in yes. your hotel? Yes. Did you take a bubble bath? No. Did you pour yourself a glass of champagne or an alcoholic beverage? Yes. Maybe get some strawberries, sit in a bubble no. bath, <laughs> eat strawberries, and drink champagne. It wasn't that kind of. Trip. Then you haven't
1: lived in the bubble bath with strawberries and champagne, or I mean. or a
0: pizza? I don't care. Whatever you want to do, you're not you're not out molesting little kids, and you're not trafficking people. I agree with it. I have no problem with it. Be allowed to do it. If this is your weird thing, I. But you recognize it's
3: weird. I didn't realize we were going to just go public with your <laughs> shot show ritual.
1: Well, I, up until that point, I didn't know it was public. But I will say one thing about this. This, this is year, one, I
0: did not get a chance to have my bubble bath because oh. I was too busy. Well, but normally, every shot show, I will go get some bath bombs, some bubble bath, <laughs> and I will sit in that tub. And I will sit there for like an hour, watch TV,
1: maybe I have a drink. I, I, honest,
2: I honestly can't tell if you're fucking with me right no, now. No, I'm not.
1: No, no, no. no. Um, I think he's serious. Okay, I think he's serious. serious, and I can be serious. Because why? I enjoy, why would you not? I enjoy a good like Epsom salts Dude, bubble bath, like something times. like that, <laughs> like when I in Like okay. that's all okay. But you're but hold, on. Hold, on. hold on, hold on. The the. <laughs> I will give you one thing that I can see as a benefit of eating a meal while in the bathtub. You can poop Efficiency. and flush it down. The- well, not poop, but you can you can keep yourself clean. Like if you get it all over yourself, if you drip some grease on you, you're just like it's well, the, one, like,
2: the one guy in the article did say he's like, look,
1: I, I don't I only have so much time in a day, and this. It's two birds,
2: one, Yeah, exactly. Kills two birds with one stone. But this
1: guy's got, one of the guys got a three-course meal. He's got his salad, his entree, his bread, his cookie. I mean, my, my wife did say, she goes, have you never had a shower beer? And I was like.
0: Shower oh. coffee, shower gun. I mean, this is all and, relevant. I,
3: I, I will say, like, drinking in a pool, drinking yeah. in the shower. These yeah. are things that I have done. But, but the idea of, like, like, mac and, mac and cheese. cheese. Yeah, yeah, it just feels. Yeah.
2: So, Rachel, where do you stand on this?
3: Uh, weird, it's a hard pass.
2: It's a hard pass.
3: Yeah, it's a hard pass, but I, listen. I, I like I, that you
2: two can be married and also completely oh yeah. disagree on this topic. Bodies.
1: Bodies. Yeah, they're, I mean, that hard. is weird. He just doesn't want to show his feet. He, that's, he started, said he didn't want to be a foot fetish. Well, that look is, at it. Yeah. I mean, look at his bathtub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what it's I mean? For his for mold sure. and like.
3: started with small animals and progressed right into yeah. humans. That's After not. After the on, squirrels. What's he got?
1: Some. Chicken wings? So it looks like, some uh, like that's some shrimp. Nashville. Shrimp too. I see some shrimp, Yeah. So Keith, that's your point. That's, he could he could get lathered up shrimp. in that sauce. And, and wash it right off. Wash it right and off. Right. It right off. So I'll I'll do, give you honestly, me, uh,
0: like I said, he's not molesting kids. No. He's not trafficking women. Well, you don't
3: know
0: that. That guy can do whatever he wants in his bathtub in his own house. <laughs>
3: is the Except water running? The water is running
1: as well. Well, he's filling it up.
0: Yeah. He's got
1: some hairy legs
2: too. hairy And no
1: tattoos. So suspicious. I mean,
2: that's I, a weird dude. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's
3: in
0: his house. Minute. Let him
2: Wait, do what he wants. is that
0: Pink Shirt's bathroom? <laughs> that's what I was... <laughs> <about>. <laughs> was I, I don't
3: now, know. The that's legs not are him. a little long. Yeah, he's <laughs> saying his legs are too long. <laughs> he can touch he both sides island.
0: of the tub. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, sorry, Sean. Sean. you're not here to defend yourself. <laughs> oh, no, he's I've not. been so nice about this. But now I had to let it go. <laughs> oh, now, goodness. listen, if somebody wants to do something in their own home like that... It, I don't disagree. They have a to do it. Terrifying. This is a terrifying
3: picture. That's a terrifying picture. These these are nightmare fuel. Like, that is nightmare fuel. All
2: right, so we're into the second half of the show. But before we do, you heard me mention my whole fiasco dealing with power outages. Well, apparently I'm not alone. Statistically speaking, two-thirds of Americans living in both rural and urban areas are at risk of experiencing extended power outages. So are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X from four Patriots the 2000X has 12 AC outlets and two USB-C outlets, plus plenty of capacity to run big appliances like your refrigerator, microwave, and air conditioner. And best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, so it's safe to run inside, and it never needs gas. It even comes with a free solar panel. So go to fourpatriots.com forward slash gun experiment 10 to get your solar generator and lots of other great products. So Keith, take us into the second half of the show. What are we talking about here?
1: Firearms Policy Coalition announced the filing of a petition for uh, writ of certiorari with the United States Supreme Court in uh, Bianchi and Brown. I think it's it's a lawsuit challenging Maryland's uh, ban on so-called assault weapons. And the petition asked the Supreme Court to grant review in the case and agree to hear the merits of the challenge in quick order. They basically this is the quote Nearly 16 years after Heller, the time is ripe for the court to establish what should have been clear the day the decision was released. Bans on firearms commonly possessed by law-abiding citizens are simply off the table, argues the petition. The application on that principle to this case is plain. Uh, Modern semi-automatic rifles such as the AR-15 traditionally have been widely accepted as lawful possessions and today are owned in the tens of millions by law-abiding Americans for self-defense and other lawful purposes. Such arms simply cannot be banned. So basically, the reason that FPC is bringing this to the Supreme Court is because... The Fourth Circuit has been sitting on this case for over a year, and they took the extraordinary step of pushing it back to the full circuit without any party asking it to do so. So neither side asked for it to happen. The Fourth Circuit just decided to do that. And worse, they took this step after the case was already argued before the three-judge panel, uh, but before that panel could issue an opinion. So it's your favorite thing about this process, which is <laughs> them using the process— you know, to their advantage and trying to push this can down the road so that these, you know, draconian laws can stay in place so, for as long as possible.
2: So this is where I wanted to kind of ask you, a lot of times things kind of get like, quote unquote, fast tracked. I know I'm not using the right words, fast track to the Supreme Court. And a lot of times in the past, the Supreme Court's like, no, like we yeah. want it to go through the proper channels. That's what
1: they're asking it's, for. They're asking for a fast track. Right. But is this different
2: because they've held off so long, or do you think it's going to be like, no, no. we
1: have to give them the chance? <laughs> no, it's the same process. That's what certiorari uh, sure, sure is, right? Yeah. That's you're asking for the Supreme Court to hear it. In the past, the Supreme Court in these instances has said, no, we trust each of the circuits, right, oh. to handle their own dockets. <laughs> That's what happened with uh, after Bruin and the Concealed Carry Improvement Act. You know, the, a lot of plaintiffs tried to bring certiorari to the Supreme Court right away, challenging that. And the Supreme Court said, no, we, we will let the Second Circuit manage their docket. We trust them to do so. And I guess there's a chance, in my opinion, that that could happen here. Only because it's taken so long. It's, well, that's, that's a long time. That's the that's the other side of it, right? That's the side that maybe they'll accept it because of some of the actions that the Fourth Circuit is taking. So,
2: and I don't know how much you guys, I'm sure you follow this kind of stuff, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of assault weapons, weapons bans cases that are yes. out there right now, right? There's one, in, yes. there's actually one in New York. There's one in California. So as gun industry folks, what is your thoughts on, are we going to resolve this at some point?
0: I would like to see all of this go away as a gun industry person. Of course. Any and all laws pertaining to the restriction of civilian ownership of firearms is unconstitutional. Any elected official, any public servant, any politician that supports any form of gun control should be hung for treason.
2: That's my opinion. Do you think that this will eventually get resolved in the courts. Do you think we will see our rights restored nationwide where?
0: As, as much as I want to say, I really want to see it, obviously. I feel like there's going to be some underhanded bullshit, some backdoor deals, some secret handshakes, some some meetings in the middle of the night where there's no opposition. And it's just everything's going to get squashed. I think we're we're still in for a long uphill battle. Rachel, what do you think?
3: I think that the conventional populace mistakes the amount of money that exists within the firearms industry for the defense industry. So, number one, right off the top, I just want to make it clear, the defense industry has a significantly larger budget and much, much deeper connections within our government, and they have a superior amount of lobbying power associated with what they do these these kind of perpetuated stereotypes that the gun industry has these deep pockets and endless abilities to lobby in their favor is just not true there there just isn't the money to the scale that people believe so the work for ahead of these organizations like FPC GOA Second Amendment Foundation They're all being done by regular human beings who who deeply believe in ensuring that we retain our right and and one of the biggest differentiators between us and many other countries in the world. That being said, bias and media and our ability to exchange information at rapid speed without a lot of thought and time behind digesting and processing information has made for this alarmist world where, you know, when something goes wrong, people want easy uh, they went fast and there's not really a lot of like, well, we need to worry about, like we were talking about before, precedent set or consequences. Everything has
1: to be picked on a side.
3: Yes. You yeah. Know, and like, absolutely. Without question. It's got to be black or white. Right. You know, it's, it's got to be defined, um, this hyper, hyper, uh, focus on coming up with labels for things, yeah. you know, and, 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 oh, I'm, I'm this now, I'm this, this is now, right. I'm that this now. Is wrong. And, and this is not, and you know, so, yeah, so there's all of problem, this problem pretext.
0: Look at Bruin. Bruin clearly stated, stop it.
3: And okay, sure. Stop and, doing these And New things. York
0: State was like, okay, we'll just do game. New York was like, yeah, okay, well, we'll stop doing that. But
3: right. and, here's
0: all the here's all the amendments to it. And it's like, so, okay, so you completely, completely disregarded. Worse what than the Supreme Court, worse said. than the Concealed Carry Improvement it,
1: Act, is what Hawaii is doing right you
0: now. You looked at it and you said, "Well, we we understand the the court's decision, but fuck it, we're not going to pay attention to it." Well, and Hawaii is another thing. Hawaii, well, I think, Hawaii also, is
1: worse than what New Hawaii York is, is
0: doing. basically giving yeah. a middle finger to Bruin and saying, "Well, too bad, we don't we don't care." I mean, yeah. So when you get a state, any state in this country that looks at a Supreme Court decision and says, "Yeah, we don't care what
2: the Supreme we Court think you got says." It wrong.
0: We are in a lot of trouble. so we' we're, we're big say and I'm that sure for you would anything. as well
2: We're big Second Amendment Foundation people. I mean, they sponsor the show at this point. We've been to the conference. we've had Alan on the show multiple times. when we were at the conference and we had a conversation with Alan, the one thing he said was we are winning like legislatively we are Bruin allowed us it basically took like you it know is allowing this to happen and happen faster and and you know more en mass. But the problem is, is they're in a complete panic. When I say they, gun control advocates, the left, whatever you want to say, they are in complete panic mode. And at this point, all they have is stall as long as possible to change the Supreme Court. We might
0: might win this war, but we're losing every battle along the fucking way. It's going to take a lot of battles and we're going to lose a lot of battles. I
1: love how you are on a roller coaster with this. Like, I know you know I know, I know where you're going with this. You well, you are the type of person who is very pointed in their opinions, right? You don't usually waver very much. Mm-hmm. But on uh, on the topic of how well legislation is doing for the Second Amendment. So can you, I you you go you go back and forth. Can so I go I, off on that for a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, I mean I mean I deal with it. So please yeah. let somebody else <laughs> do <with> it.
2: <laughs> so I, I feel as though I don't have an understanding, as many lawyers as I've talked to, I don't have an understanding of the process, meaning what we just dealt with in California. They say, nope, you, there's no more ammunition uh, background check situation. And I said to you, Keith, so is this over? And you're like, no, no, this time yeah, it's, can... it's gone through, it's over. And like a day later, it was like- It wasn't. It I, wasn't.
1: I missed the part. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And so it's like, it's I don't get it. I just don't understand it. And like Bruin's a good example. You guys both said it. Bruin was like the Supreme Court basically said this is the law and, and then the states were like no eh, we're just it's gonna, it's gonna kind of,
1: yeah. right we don't so, care, be careful too you know because really they're not they're interpreting the Constitution yes. like so their interpretation so, of the Constitution uh, that's their is, job.
0: is askew so like the states are looking at the Constitution like oh the Second Amendment guarantees you the right to own guns it does not the Second Amendment shall not be infringed means the government has no say shall not be infringed does not mean oh we definitely have the right it means the government has no say in your ownership of firearms the government has absolutely zero input so we shouldn't be paying for permits we shouldn't be needing permits this should be non-issue a non-issue it's freedom of speech freedom to own arms freedom to keep freedom to keep and bear arms should not be challenged by any state Local, county, federal, I don't,
2: et cetera. I don't... Going back to what you would say before about the roller coaster, I don't have faith in the process in terms of like how much of it up and down is until it gets to the Supreme Court. But even then, I'm a little leery. Wow, well, you can't even
1: trust I, that. I, I
2: know, but I do That's feel the, like at least yeah. that... It's like now I personally feel like you've given the direction for me to go That's in my personal life. I, I know where I can go now. For Hawaii to say
0: you have no right to the second amendment and get away with it. And in their constitution, then the California Oregon's does it. Word. And then Oregon does it. And then Arizona and New York and then Massachusetts. And then next thing you know, you've got half the country, each state saying, yeah, you have no right
1: to the second amendment. Sorry. I just think, you know, when when I was having a conversation with someone else about this today, what I had said was, I just think it's a just another example of the degradation of Americans and the government that has been established. It's just, I feel it's reaching the boundaries of its design, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I, we all know why I feel that way. Yep. Anyone who's listening to the show knows why I feel I that way. I want to way. go in a deep dive on
2: that one of these days, by the way. It,
1: but, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just feel you like feel it's reached its
2: point where like, we just, we've got as good as we can get it. We've got it as good as Who we can the get government it. And
1: supposed to represent. Well, the people, but people. it doesn't, Ben. You Who know? do they work for? They, us, but they, to, but they don't. They don't. <laughs> they represent their own interests. That's and the that's problem. what I'm just trying to talk about. Is that I? I think that it's just reached the point of, I don't know how you fix it. As I mean, there's a couple you options. said
2: something the other day, and I'm actually going to use this to kind of segue a little bit. You said something the other day where you basically said that we're so divided as a country that we can't even come together to the point where we can work for appreciate the division. (laughs) Yeah. The the (laughs) idea that we're so divided, we can't even really get things straight. Like in other words, when we have an election, we just, yeah, we can't even see eye to eye on anything. It goes
1: back to what I had said earlier when, when Rachel was talking about like uh, you have to have a stand. We can't look at the division and say, I don't agree with you, but you know what? It's great. You have the right to feel that way. And I have the right to feel that way but the second amendment is here. So you just don't, the you just don't have guns country is there
0: so that we don't see what the government's been doing to us. Sure. But I can't disagree. Keep with us that divided. Time. So we don't pay attention well, to what they're so doing.
2: The, the article that I have up next, this is kind of my, we did a thing the other day where Keith had a rant and, you know, no. I, I, no. I'm, I'm, envi- no. I'm envisioning, no like, I'm envisioning these like segments and I'm like, this is like the soapbox segment. And so, this is my soapbox. So there was a a tweet put out by Megyn Kelly during the Super Bowl. And it was about the, it was the Black National Anthem, which previously had, it was form, formerly known as the Lift Every Voice and Sing. But she said, that does not belong at the Super Bowl. We already have a National Anthem and it includes everyone. And so now the, re- I, the reason I want to talk about this is because we are so divided, as Keith and I were talking about the other day. And this is Stephen A. Smith. He came out and he made the, I'm going to read the quote. He said, I find it to be, in her eyes, patriotic. I find it to be, in her eyes, self-righteous. I find her to be a bit detached from reality being faced by black Americans everywhere. I got that part. But I can't go in the way that I wanted to go in about her when people are out there from my community just throwing out the word racist. You don't know that about her. I'm sick and tired of folks out there, particularly in the black community, being so quick to throw out the word racism. He said, still, Megyn Kelly, if you're watching, if you're listening, I don't like what what you said at all. I think it comes across as highly insensitive. And then he added that he has profound respect for her. And so the reason why I I put this in for, for today is because this is exactly, this is a good thing. This is the problem, is that we can have differences of opinion. But when you start in, like, holding insults at people and you start calling them racist. Like, you know, I you mean, what are we trying person. to
1: say? That the, we can't have the national anthem? We can only have the black well, national anthem? It, I don't understand what we're saying it's here. It's not
2: even that. It's the idea that for people to call her racist because she had an opinion. She just said she
1: thinks the national anthem... What was anthem, racist about wanting to hear the national it doesn't ma- anthem it doesn't, over... It doesn't
2: matter. My point is, I like what he did here because he stood up for someone different than him who had a different opinion than him and said, I don't agree with her. I think there's some parts of this that are insensitive, but it's not racist. But it's but not it's not racist. racist. And no. and that's the problem is we have to start realizing that we can have differences of opinion. Listen, even in the gun community, gun control versus gun pro-gun, there are people who, for whatever reason, they're not in agreement with us. They don't like trap or skeet. Exactly. <laughs> and they would be right for that. But that doesn't mean I can hear their argument, disagree with it and still say, you know what, like you're my fellow American. We can agree to disagree on this. I'm still going to fight for my rights. See, that's the thing. Why can't we
0: just go back to being Americans instead of having to be black or white? Why do we have to be one or the other? Why can't we just be a country of Americans? Well,
2: because we have
0: go to another country and then come back
2: and tell me. Yeah. But Ben, so let me let me reframe this, though, for you. What about someone who is adamantly against guns? They're a good person. They support their family. They're a good American. They support the country, but they don't like guns. D- d- are you okay with them voicing their opinion?
0: They can sit here and tell me till they're blue in the face how they don't like guns. But when they sit here and point a finger at me and tell me I'm a bad person because I do, I yes. agree. That's that's, that's where I the problem. That's, that's the but that's my I point. I do not like yacht music. It's a new thing that I learned today. I yacht, say music. yacht music. <laughs> But you so, do like
1: food and bathtubs.
2: But I like food and bathtubs.
1: What about food and so, bathtubs while hearing yacht music?
0: <laughs> Jimmy Buffett I could deal with, but like, you know, <laughs> Kenny Loggins I can deal without. <laughs> so I can like Jimmy Buffett, but I don't like Kenny Loggins. I don't want to get into a fight with a Kenny Loggins fan about how I don't like Kenny Loggins. You bring up a good don't. point
2: because it's the idea, Alex, don't go one second, Rachel. Yeah. We, I, got into this, I like we got the idea. into this thing in this country
0: where our own personal beliefs – are superior to everyone else. But we have
2: to start defending the idea that you that someone can disagree with sure. us. Wait, what, was Absolutely. The, what is the quote? I don't know who said it, but um I may not agree with you, but I'll fight for your fight to the death for your right to say for it. For your right? right to say it. Yeah. And so, like, that's the idea here. I, I like what Stephen A. Smith did here. And I actually like what you said, Ben, of the idea that someone can disagree with you on sure. gun rights, but they can't villainize you yeah. because you're on the opposite end of There's that.
0: There's a lot of things that I don't like. And for the most part, if it's not something that is causing harm to somebody else.
3: Yeah. Like, I, I if, don't you like, if
0: you like the Mets and I like the Yankees, well, I'm right. You're definitely wrong. <laughs> but I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you fucking asshole. You like the Mets. What are you? Some kind of blah, blah, blah. You know, like you right. have a right to like what you like. And, and I have way, a right to like what I like. People get divided over shit. That's simple. That, that, that right there would cause a fist fight on the subway yeah. between the two people. Oh,
3: it's a shooting at the when we talked about before, when we're talking about like when I mentioned about how everybody's looking for everything to fit in place, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's labels, whether it's and it's like this idea that you can organize and it is black and white and it's simple and it's a soundbite and it's easy to digest is because we're overwhelmed. I do believe that that has a component to it. We have too much information going in and just like anything else, generally when we you know need to deal with the chaos, we we try and control it right? And that's that's a pretty natural response from people. How you approach control is very different. Some people have eating disorders as a response to like chaos in their life, right? Some people hyper-organize their genes, right? There's a huge spectrum in like human response to to chaos and feeling overwhelmed. I do think one of the things that has happened, because again, and and you, I think I've maybe even mentioned it on this show, but this idea that we fundamentally don't know how to interact with the amount of information that we're getting, because we just haven't had enough time. We're new
2: to this internet on, yes. world.
3: Yeah, I mean, guys, remember, this stuff only started happening in the mid-90s. Yeah, so 30 years ago, right? Yeah. like Exactly, so 30 years we have had. I know. I know, it's not 10 years ago. Um, 30 years we have had with this volume of information, Television has only been around since arguably like the 40s and the 50s, Are we right? just turning
1: into the generation that our parents were that hated the younger generations below?
3: I mean, I, oh, think, I, people, I think people <laughs> like fall into that trap and, and, you know, there's definitely like things that I'm grumpy about. But the reality is, though, I, I really think we're not built for this and we have not adjusted yet to it. That's and a better way to put it. I don't result, know, maybe we're
2: built for it, but we're not built for it yet.
3: You were not, we, I mean, guys, books in volume haven't only been around since the 1500s. So when point. we're talking about like the way that we communicate with each other and how much information, we just we just haven't been We haven't been exposed to this volume of information for this long. I do think that that is a component just as an undercurrent to all of this divisiveness that we see these days, because I do think people's response to the access of all information at all times is overwhelmed. And the natural response to that is make it easy for me. I I can't deal with this. Make it easy for me. And it's very easy to draw a line in the sand and say, You're bad. I'm good. Let's move on. I can't take this anymore. I don't want to investigate it anymore. uh, Matt
1: Larson, what he says is that you know, humans are pretty resilient and we'll get over this. Oh yeah. I'm
3: not saying that we won't make an adjustment, you know, and that we won't get used to that. But I do think that there's a component or an undercurrent to that. And like one of the things I used to watch back in the day, you know, not actively, but I mean, it would come on and I'd sit there and I was just like, I don't understand. (laughs) And I know a lot of people dearly love this type of television, but it used to stress me out these like real housewives shows (laughs) Right? Like all of the reality TV that happened was so scintillating because of the spike from the first thing that would be a level of conflict to the screaming match that would happen. Now, this didn't just happen in you know those shows, but I'm saying and it happened across it. the board. So, what did we all do as you know before streaming? We consumed this, and yeah, so in wreck. this country, we consumed this, right? And so the, the 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 running joke, like how you know who how do they argue? They argue by just getting louder at each other. So they're not actually talking to each other; they're just screaming at each other. Real House, you know, like whatever road rules or all of this stuff that started to come out for what it would is now like we're all kind of getting into the adulthood and getting into these positions, whether it's government or in media that we've highlighted here. And it's all like these kind of generations of children and, and now adults that grew up with conflict resolution as screaming at each other. And that was sensationalized and shown as normal. Right. So that was I do I do think these are softer points. Like I'm not saying that they're you know, you can draw this hard line to it. But I do think that affected the way that as a populace, we resolve conflict. All of these things come together where it's just like, yep, you know what? Uh, Forget it. I'm going to abandon the I don't see color thing, which is when I was young. You recognize that someone came from another culture. Right. But you didn't markedly, you were expected to not treat them differently. Right. Right. I guess was a better way of putting it. And now, now it's very like, nope, it's, it's not just this. It's, you know, this person comes from this particular culture within this country and you're expected to know it. And if you don't, you're a bad person and any number of things. And that's
2: so Keith full circle here. And then I guess we can move on is what you were alluding to for the listeners that are regulars is Ben Franklin.
1: And yeah. so, yeah, and yeah. so you, it's my favorite. I mean, I yeah. reference it all the time yep.
2: and why I think this is important. And I do want to take a deep dive into that one day, but you say, you think we've reached sort of like the max capacity that we can handle. And like, this is as good as it's going to get kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But I, what I would say is you're right to an extent, but to kind of tie in what Rachel just said, it's as good as it can get because we haven't adjusted yet. And if we adjust and we can kind of find that middle ground, you always talk about the the 50-yard yeah. line. If we can find that middle ground, and that's why this the article-
1: The adjustment is more Americans being more involved But this,
2: in- this article was important to me, why it's my soapbox I think for it's, today. It
3: for sure, one of the first examples yeah. recently where yeah. a, a high-profile element, both from Megyn Kelly and from Stephen Smith, yep. coming from- as you mentioned, and as they make very clear, two different perspectives, right. but that they're not screaming it and yeah, right. leading the charge on right. this divisive That's behavior. That's how we
2: fix the problem and extend Ben Franklin's thought. I'll, I'll,
0: civilized.
2: I'll I'll yeah. Or we
0: could go back to the 1990s conflict style revolu- resolution. <laughs> Just punch people I, in the
2: face. Uh, so Keith, you sent me a text the other day that made me laugh my ass off, oh, and it's man. about this next oh, this next article. Said. You said, "Was I asleep at the wheel? When did impeachment just become a thing, or something like that?" <laughs> no, no, I
1: said, "I said, when did we started impeaching more people than we ever had before? Like, yeah. was I asleep? Like, when did this is become the a new?" Thing? Is
0: the new racist I claim? I disagree throwing with up, you. You're up. racist. <laughs> Well, up, I disagree with you. One, I'm going to impeach you. Growing <laughs> up, you heard about it one time. My whole life. Absolutely. Right? One one time. You heard
1: about Nixon. Yep. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Then it was right? Clinton, yeah. and that was it, it, was it for right. a and, yeah. and then Clinton was after Nixon, mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. Prior, right? Yeah, it was a but big deal. It, it, it never happened. And now all of a sudden, we're impeaching, you know, Homeland Security Advisor mm-hmm. Alejandro Mariocas. Did I think Mallorcus. I have it? Mariocas. 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 The Congress has voted uh, to impeach him, and this is the first time it's happened in nearly 150 years, which is proving my point that it's just a crazy, crazy thing. Do you uh, remember what I said to you, what I asked you? I don't. I have to go back and look.
2: So what I asked you was, I didn't know anything about this, and you sent it to me, and I said, was he a Republican? Oh. Right? Yes. And so you said...
1: I don't believe he is, but he he is I don't not, No, he's not. Nah, he's he Democrat. A, yeah. And
2: the reason I was asking is because this is the... Republican Republicans impeaching a Democrat. And I said both sides, and I want this is why I'm saying it, because I think I lean on the conservative side of things, but both sides are like weaponizing the impeachment concept. Oh, sure. And that's wrong. Like that's wrong on both sides of the aisle. Like you should not be weaponizing impeachment as a tool to kind of go after your opponents. Well,
1: I mean, and this particular case is one where I think it's a weak. Example because it will never pass the Senate. No, you know, the Senate in, in, in Congress, happening. you need a straight majority to do something like this. In Senate, you need two thirds, and that is just not going to happen. I mean, listen, such a slim
2: margin. Lover, love or hate Trump, wherever you stand on that out there in in podcast world, out there listening. I mean, how many times did they attack this guy with these types of tactics, well, right? This, and so like, this is what's happening in politics right now is like, you don't like someone, you attack them, right. you go after
3: them. And I think this was the, the big thing where when, you know, again, you're attempting, because I'm not saying you're going to have this conversation with anybody who is anti-Trump, because, you know, even bringing up the name, like people just <laughs> no, have like a physical people. reaction yeah. and oh, it's like, right. okay, cool. We can't as adults discuss this and you don't understand some of the precedents that are being set it will affect everything. And this is why it should not have been so emotionally driven, which is, you know, effectively how I think it is. It's kind of like one of those situations where he absolutely became a very divisive figure. The issue that I have is I want for my, not that I expect that they are, but I want for my elected officials not to fall into the trap of what's expected to be a excellent device to capture attention for a consumer. I need for you to be a little bit less susceptible to those devices that were used in in many ways to maintain profile, to maintain sentiment, to communicate and reach, right? So all of that stuff that was happening, whether you're into it or you're not, I still would expect my elected officials to not be as Emotionally responsive to many of those things, where I do believe many of them were, and then we sort of got ourselves into these evolutions where rapidly we were dealing with a number of different moves within um, politics that were setting precedents, were bringing things up after you know significant amounts of times now. The volatility in our government in like the 1800s, like if you go and you look back, I mean, it happened in slower form, but we actually, we have had a history of volatility in the past when our government was younger. um, Some things that, you know, there were like all kinds of wild things going on. If you you go back and and you're a student of history, you will see that there were some pretty wild times in the past, but the expectation is, yeah, okay, if you're getting up in the morning and you know, I mean, you're taking a shower. W- and you're, William Burr like,
1: and Alexander Hamilton. Exactly. You know, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. you know, Duelled it out. You know? So you mean
3: I? I, I want to be clear. Like it's not that you know everything was hunky-dory, not that anybody is saying that here. But at, at the, the well, end the of the new, day, the new
1: position on that from from the left is that you can't look back at the early times of our our Constitution and our and our freedom. As examples of what the Constitution should be interpreted as, because those were white misogynistic slave owners. And I was like, I don't know. Again, they kind of forget who some of these forefathers are. Thomas Jefferson struggled with slavery, like really genuinely struggled with it. You know, he was not, he, he didn't think it was right. He thought that they should have been but included not, in the constitution, that we, not, they just not. didn't think the people were ready the for The
2: problem it. with that though is though a lot of them did own slaves. So no, whether no. they struggled with it, no, I know what you're <laughs> Yeah, going
1: yeah. I mean, listen, I, you know, there's a lot of examples even in today's society where I mean, <laughs> people do things that aren't good, but it's socially <laughs> Okay, accepted, but even if we, we say
3: it. they made all of their law, their legal structure, etc. cetera, if we sort of if if i say fine you know it we'll say they made their law their their governmental structure and their constitution to best position them We've now said that now includes everybody. So don't we then all come to the yeah. same level with that? They like also, That's the part also that makes me like. are the same like, people that are wh- saying the what? second
0: amendment only applies to muskets. Yeah. This, you know, is, the, so this
2: is the stuff where was, like when we talk about when we talk about Thomas Jefferson forefathers and, you know, the Constitution and then that the fact that they were slave owners. This is we've had this conversation many times. Yeah, we understand they were very flawed humans. Humans are flawed. Yeah. We we get that. Like humans are flawed people. And and they were flawed. And there are monuments built for them, not because they're perfect people, because they accomplished amazing things. They built the greatest experiment the world has ever seen. And they built a country, you know, I mean. Right? We, we, we freed the world, basically, in World War II. We made sure that the world was safe. Those are things that were established on the foundation of our forefathers. So yes, it is 100% true that they were not perfect
1: people. But we cannot ignore what they created. I don't disagree with it. I I was I was just trying to reference that. Yes, but it's, I understand what you're saying. Ar- argument yeah. that that's why we yeah. can't look we, at those th- times. Th- that as, they're
3: invalidated yes. because at that time they were a society norm. It's not lost on me
2: as a white male sitting in a room with other white people that like I I'm not the I, like I I can't just speak on this freely. Like there may be different different opinions on this, but the idea that. I, I will stand behind this that our forefathers should be just like stricken from the record. I don't agree with
3: that. So, yeah, yeah no. I don't I I think it's just more along the lines of like continue
2: if, to erase history.
0: Yeah. There.
3: If if they made the laws for them and then we made the them all, then how how does that end? Do you do you you yeah. guys tracking with what I'm saying? Yeah, what yeah. that? You know, it's like we no, we 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 brought everybody up to now include that instead of where there were exclusionary clauses. So if we're bringing everybody up to that same level, then we're across the board. So I don't, you know, but that kind of tying back into the topic, when we're talking about these things happening back to back to back to back, and they are departures from what we have normally seen in the past hundred years, when we see these big changes and these big moves, and to your point before, hey, it's a useless point because of the lack of majority that it is not gonna move further. It is 100 percent a ploy, you know, where they're trying to say, hey, we're trying to do something. We're doing something about the volatility associated with the border. Um, But I just, you know, I sort of sit back as a citizen going, really, there's nothing else that we can do besides having a what looks to be a hissy fit. I think the whole I think
1: this whole impeachment thing is weaponized, like Mike was saying earlier. You know, the reality is. You know, it's being it's being done at this time because it's of the timing for election season. Sure, that's oh, and, and what I mean. Like, this, this you know,
3: filibuster, he's not filibuster, taking,
1: but he's taking the bullet,
3: hand waving for the
1: one
0: person who should be one hundred percent solely responsible for the mismanagement of the border. Are you
3: talking about the Roomba? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, is, I love and that. Shane that is Gilles Biden joke. <laughs> Biden is the only person who should be being held responsible because he is the one who came out and said. Come on well, in. Ben, We're ben, not ben doing it. But he's taking Mayorkas is going to take the bullet because God forbid there's any bad press well, going to Biden fine, leading it. up. Leading up.
2: But you bring up a good point. This is where the politics don't politics don't matter because the fact that he's a Democrat, the fact that I'm that I'm more conservative doesn't matter. No. He's the guy that they're going after because right. it's now their turn to weaponize the, right. the impeachment. Right. That's the bottom line.
0: They should be going after Biden, but it ain't going to happen in well, an election year. The,
1: the interesting thing about all this is like recently when all this is going on, you know, not many weeks before this all happened, Biden has this meeting with Mexico and all of a sudden – the people entering this the country illegally drops down dramatically. Dude, he doesn't even know who he's having a meeting with. Well, he thought he was having a meeting with the Gaza Strip. I, I don't disagree with that part, but but the reality is, after this meeting with whoever he thought he was having it with, you know, in Mexico, uh, dramatically the amount of people coming across the border ceases to ha- happen. <laughs> well, maybe that's part of it too, Ben. But the the part of it, I guess it's it's all going to end up being like when this comes to fruition in the in the discussion of election time, they're going to be able to point to, well, in the last 30 days, you know.
3: Yeah, he, he, he did something about right. it. It's like, oh, no, no, he was allowed to do something about it because I would guess that whatever he met with Mexico about had to do with an exchange associated with money because it's what it all boils down to. So what are you going to give us in exchange for trade?
2: So, Keith, close us out with this whole –
1: Torpedo
2: situation. I don't even know. This is great. You said this to me.
1: So, the New York, this New York man was walking along a shoreline in Seneca, in S- Samson State Park, and it, he found what he thought was a buoy. And as he got closer to it, it was above a Baba buoy, an unsettling blinking light. And it looked like a torpedo. I mean, I'm showing a picture of it. It looks like a torpedo. It really does. So he stumbles across this thing <laughs> and <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 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 like where how does this happen? <laughs> right? Like in the middle of a The
3: reveal on that quote. <laughs> As you oh, did you?
1: Down. Yeah. So one, as, just, as he posted this picture, one commentator was like, "Did you try to hit it with a hammer? <laughs> did you throw? Did you throw a rock <laughs> at it?" Find out. Uh, <laughs> another, another was oh like, "Throw large God. rocks at it, see if anything happens." I mean, these are all things that I would want to, I would have done. Well, I would the, have probably the throw a the
2: rocket. The best part was you're looking at what you think is a torpedo. I mean, it looks like a torpedo. It, yeah. It's got blinking a, at it's you. It's got a blinking light. Yeah, it is like and,
3: movie and torpedo. And he has moments. Cartoon style.
2: He's got moments where he says. He thought about taking I thought, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought it'd be a great souvenir. This is the greatest thing I've ever found. And I'm thinking, <laughs> it's a goddamn torpedo. Did you ever think you could blow your ass up? I, I
1: think it, he called and, you know, he called a, a oh number that was God. on it and uh, left a message. Nobody answered. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had some warnings uh, on it, but I had no clue if it was oh dangerous. Right. God. Warnings well, are usually a warning dangerous. on it. That's usually a warning. Usually dangerous. Right. You know, I like that. He left a so message. We call a clue. I, like I the found passion. your
2: missile. Yeah. I found your torpedo. Yeah.
1: You know, and he says here, I thought of definitely taking it and propping it up. And but, you know, he said with it working and blinking, he's like, I wanted to return it. So anyway, the mystery device del- belonged to a military base, and, and it was Seneca Lake sonar testing facility. And it wasn't a torpedo; it was a training device. Which I think it was a training device in quotations. It probably was a torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I I thought it was pretty pretty cool. It's uh, this this training device is supposedly used to simulate the acoustic and dynamic characteristics of a submarine. So uh, maybe this is how they're training people to, uh, you it know. It would
0: make a great coffee table conversation piece. I oh, think it would, it would look works. awesome
1: in the corner of this room. Oh, <laughs> the studio.
0: Awesome.
1: I have questions
3: about this to train their detection, tracking, and weapon employment skills.
1: They didn't do a very They're good job. They're not doing good. <laughs> they did not do a very good job, Rich.
3: <laughs> I think you failed know, it. Did, did
1: anyone say, "Hey, uh guys, we're yeah. missing one?"
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's not not to make it like a serious discussion, but so there was a while back where they were like, I believe it was two or three rifles, but it was more than one if I remember correctly, that were lost. And in the U.S., but there were there were some rifles. I mean, it happens. It does happen, yeah, I think, yes, you know, yes. a lot more frequently than people want to admit. But it was like everybody, everything got shut down. Nobody could go, you know, nobody could leave the base. Everything, you know, for these, like, for these one or two rifles for a while. And... You know, it, it. I don't know. I guess it was. It was just funny because you know they've they've found recently so many things have consistently been lost, but this one particular instance, it was just everybody's life was made. You mean absolute? The, the, hell. Our
1: government is not perfect. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Oh, you know, they're the only ones that are supposed Their to have this stuff. Inventory control is right? not good. So, there was also
0: the cop who left his M4 on the back of his. Car, car. Oh, fell in the car in Times Square, yeah, yeah, it yeah just yeah, drove good off. Times. It, I, yeah, <laughs> like where was I? Because I would have been like, "What rifle?" <laughs> 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 it wouldn't have even touched
2: the ground. <laughs> no,
3: <but laughs> would have
0: been so strict, had that thing <laughs> stripped and put in my bag. It would have been like Mission
3: Impossible want... when somebody drops the explosive, and I'm like, Got it. "I like um, I just like all these quotes, like the caption on one um, of those pictures. It would have been it, just I, so. I, I,
1: I'm just picturing that rifle, Ben, and literally the four of us all being there together a ratch on it and getting yeah. stripped really quick and Rachel taking the lower and you taking the upper and me taking the max <laughs> like cockroaches just run run piranhas, Everybody run say. with different yeah. pieces yeah. of the yeah.
0: rifle
3: yeah, that's a uh, that's amazing. Well, it's unbelievable though. You know, um, they they reached out to the Navy for comment, but they did not immediately receive <laughs> a response. Perhaps they were why. they were <laughs> trying to find the enter key. Just after Everybody there was
2: people. like, not uh, not my, yeah, not yeah, my yeah. torpedo. Oh my <laughs>
3: god! <coughs> yeah, somebody yeah. does not want that. Article fifteen.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in, and a very special thanks to Ben and Rachel for hanging out with us and chopping it up. Be sure to check out all of Onsite Firearms training courses at oftllc.us. If anyone out there has any opinions or thoughts on tonight's conversation, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Discord, or Spotify and let your voice be heard.